0: It
1: is a Celine Dion. Did you? Were you homeschooled all the way?
0: Wait, through high school you were?
1: You got the degree of Debbie Osborne. Yep. Oh yeah, you um, have a mystery job. Well. Oh, well, don't you get called back again?
2: If there's another case, but there won't be any more cases. It was supposed to be like a five-year thing, and it turned into a 12-year thing, and then now they're just kind of running them. Oh, so. All right.
1: How you feeling this morning?
2: Like I'm I all chipper wanna, like and bright. I don't want to be here at all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give in after fighting for years and then feel good about it.
0: Oh my goodness! Oh, at least you're honest. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. No, I oh won't. Oh, I'm sure we want people to want. think this is he's part happy. At the beginning
2: where <laughs> this is that part at the beginning where the recorder's on and everyone's talking like it isn't, and then it gets all gets left in anyway. I've listened it's to gonna. all of these.
0: <laughs> We've been off for I was a, was a while. Say, he's been a faithful listener.
1: Yeah. So now, are you gonna listen to yourself? Probably. Okay. Good.
2: Oh,
0: good. I like that. And
1: I. Jesus. Wheeze. <laughs> it
0: makes me very sad when people are like,
1: "I'll do the podcast, but I'll never listen to it," because I feel like it's so worth listening to.
0: It's great and encouraging.
1: I've been listening to the replays, and I'm laughing at them like I I wasn't there when it was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Jared's was great. Malt. What a hoot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is hope. Hope. <laughs> And I feel like this is appropriate for you because, like, coming coming into the church as a kid in the 90s was such a special time. Like, there really wasn't
2: – It's a way to say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and when I say special <laughs> – I'm not sure. I mean, like, like the most beautiful and memorable, but special is in like what a weird Christian moment. Anyways, so Hope just sent me this meme. <laughs> He's like, the Bible over 300 times. Do not be afraid, Christians. There could be demons attached to your thrift store finds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in big trouble then. I was gonna.
1: Say, it made me think of you because, like, that's Rob's like side gig. Are you a thrifter? I went thrifting with Jenna. When we were in North Carolina, and I have this red pair of pants that's kind of a weird color. Whoa, hello. And I found a shirt that matched it perfectly. I said, if it doesn't match, it was only $4, so it's worth the gamble, but it matches. I've never seen you in it.
2: That phrase has cost me a lot of money.
1: Oh, (laughs) it's only 4 bucks. It's only 4
2: bucks.
1: (laughs) You do want to wash your hands when you come out of those places.
0: (laughs) One of our stops when we're on vacation in Florida has become the Bradenton Goodwill. And it is huge. And there are amazing things in there, but I will agree. I'm like, sanitizer. Well, we
1: just went to a Goodwill, and it was all color-coded. All the greens were together, but they weren't sized. So you like had to look through everything to see if you could find your size. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. It's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I feel That's like... because
2: if you're going to get the sale price, which is why they're all together, then you just take what you get you have to go through mm, it take what you get and you, you get can't try perfect. anything on anymore and you're so. almost
1: six foot tall you don't get to buy a lot of things at thrift stores
2: thrift stores aren't as bad as do you remember bin voyage that was around just before covid started these bin stores up in youngstown oh. that were amazon <coughs> returns but they just dumped everything into a bin and you had to dig you through
1: sort through these giant well, bins. they sorted like a five dollar bin
2: they put them out Monday morning, everything in the store is 10 bucks per item. Doesn't matter what it is. And then every day the price goes down until like the last day, everything's 50 cents. But people have been pawing through the bins for an entire week. First time I went in that store, COVID had just, like the rumors of COVID were just starting. And I told Elizabeth, I'm like, this is where it's gonna start. COVID's gonna start in the United States right here. I think they actually did have gloves you could get from the desk. Cause it was literally like people had been pawing through the bins all week long.
0: Chris was like,
1: "This was the most unfortunate time for this business."
2: Yeah, if it had started any time other than that <laughs> yeah, year, they would have it would done have more.
1: Been- Mark and I were digging through one of those DVD bins at Walmart. Oh yeah, for a movie. Uh-huh. Spent a half an hour, walked away with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "What about this? Absolutely not." That would feel like a loss. <laughs> that's how we are with Netflix we get on there and we're like what do you want to watch and then we're, we scroll for like a half an hour mm-hmm. and we can't agree and then mm-hmm. we're like never
2: mind <laughs> actually I read a stat about how much time they've we'll calculated scroll. how much time people are going to lose in their lifetime looking for something to watch on streaming media and it's literally like people are going to lose a year and a half of their oh life oh my lord like, I don't remember the oh, number no, but I it was something it. like that it was some super high that's you have to answer for that someday when you get to heaven what do oh. you do for that year and a half well, <laughs> at least through. I didn't
0: watch the r-rated movie that's right well 90s parents would have said
2: that was the important thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) welcome shine podcast listeners to season four episode two of the shine podcast i'm bob i'm sob sob
2: (laughs) you can have my name and i'll be sob (laughs) oh my gosh
1: and we have been graced with the presence of mr rob osborne
0: i feel like we should have some victory music
1: we need some clapping and cheering because i wish
0: i
2: knew which button that was. it's
1: taken us to the fourth season to get him in this podcast <laughs> he's begrudgingly here
2: very begrudgingly
1: because i spiked his coffee and no just kidding <laughs> We bribed him with coffee and we prayed for his healing last night because he texted us and said, I'm very sick. I can't come.
2: Sick with rabies, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say specifically <laughs> he's, what did he's you miraculously say? been healed. So good to have you in the studio, Rob.
2: Thank you.
0: <laughs> I love that your text was like, I will pray for supernatural intervention.
2: <laughs> you have been quite an adversary, I'll say that. <laughs>
0: Every time he texted me, he didn't want to do the podcast. I'm like, I'm sending this text thread to Beth. I'm sending
1: this image to Beth. I just do what the Lord calls me to do.
2: That's what her answers were always like that. And what, there's never anything you can say to that.
1: I'm just persistent. Did you hear that, Julie Dorn?
2: There's other holdouts? I oh, there's maybe others. I I was the last one. No, you're not. We had a club at one point.
1: Rob was born in Wilmington, Ohio, raised in Salem, Ohio, Rob's the oldest of six. They were homeschooled. Rob and his twin sisters, Hannah and Rachel, were homeschooled all the way through high school. The other ones went to Heartland. Rob has been married to Eliza for 23 years. They got married in Y2K. They have a daughter, Verity, who is a senior this year, almost 18. After homeschooling, Rob got a two-year horticulture degree from Kent State. What are you doing with that degree?
2: Absolutely nothing.
1: Do you plant flowers? Nope. Carrots?
2: I should have done something with that degree. I'd be in a much better spot right now.
1: (laughs) What made you want to do that?
2: It was kind of a family business. Okay. And at the time, not my immediate family, but my grandfather and my great-grandfather had been in horticulture businesses, and out of school I had no idea what I wanted to do. Sounds like a lot of us.
1: Did you enjoy that?
2: It was okay. I mean, I'd worked at a greenhouse since I was like 11. Oh,
1: I forgot you did.
2: It was comfortable, so I liked staying in my comfort zone.
1: Rob is a self-employed leather, auto, and furniture repair man. He's been a project administrator for a mortgage litigation. It was supposed to be a five-year gig, turned into at least twelve years. Mm-hmm. It's wrapping up right now. It's one of those mystery jobs where he has to stay up all night doing stuff to get projects done. Explain that job.
2: I really can't, <laughs> and I really shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> We don't want Literally to Literally, I signed, FBI like I you signed a lot of NDAs okay. during yes. that. That
1: job is wrapping up. He does wheel repair and he's starting a photography business. If anybody's out there looking for wedding photography or you like family photography,
2: yes. Okay. Family, portraits, all the good things. Yep. I really like taking pictures of people.
1: If you're in the market for a photographer, you like the baby bumps.
2: I I actually hate those. Okay. <laughs> no one's ever asked, and I hope they never do. <laughs> yeah, like, Although I, I would take them if you pay me enough. <laughs>
1: okay. Rob's interests are music. He's on the worship team. He's been on the worship team for the past... Several years. Several years. He plays... Guitar. Just the regular guitar.
2: I'll play bass if I have to.
1: Sometimes he's the sound guy. He also is a sound guy. Really smart that way. He also likes golf. Photography. He's been at the Upper Room for 20 non-sequential years, if you add them all up. He was here as a kid, and mm-hmm. then him and Eliza came back several years ago with Verity, added up to 20. He's a hard worker in our church. He does a lot of things behind the scenes, yes. and he didn't want to be here today. But we're so <laughs> glad that he's here.
2: I still don't want to be here today.
1: <laughs> oh Just in case now. I
2: haven't made it clear enough to you guys, <laughs> I don't want to be here.
1: So, Rob, tell us. This is not good. What is it? Pumpkin spice latte. And that's what you ordered? I know.
0: <laughs> I thought, you know what? I'm really in the fall swing of things. And I, like, it's got to be official this... We're in September. Wait. Let's do a fall. You
2: ordered a pumpkin spice latte, but you don't like them?
0: No, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured keep... that was
2: your typical fall white girl drink. Where's
0: your Stanley mug? <laughs> I don't know. It's just not everything I thought it would be, so... I'm going to keep sipping, So sorry. but if I keep making faces every time I take a sip, it's not you. <laughs>
2: probably is both. It's
1: not you, Rob. <laughs> so Rob, tell us who or what turned your light
2: on. And here's why I fought this podcast for oh so long. My <laughs> I have early memories of praying with my mom for salvation, probably when I was four, four and a half years old. Grown up in a Christian family and basically been a Christian as long as I can remember. It's kind of hard to define that, but I would say I remember that, and I remember kind of a rededication when I was 12 or 10 or 12 at an event. And then there was probably a few more times when I was questioning whether or not I'd done it right the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Rob's been saved 17 times. Oh, that's right. When was it where you felt like it was your choice and it wasn't just something that your family did and that you had a choice to not walk in that way?
2: I think I always understood that. I'm not the kind of person that would deconstruct, really, and that's kind of popular right now, but I've never had questions, like never really questioned questioned that it was the right thing or lost confidence or anything, so pretty early.
1: So you went on a spiritual retreat in Colorado last summer, Mm -hmm. this summer.
2: Prayer retreat. Yeah. You want to talk about that? My plan was to go on that so that I would have something to talk about on this (laughs) podcast. I figured if I did something that was really cool before the podcast, then I'd have something to talk about. Isn't it, the Holy it was, Spirit
0: funny? Yeah.
2: It was really great, but it I totally plunged into a, like a dark hole afterwards, <laughs> which I think happens sometimes when we go through something spiritual that's good.
0: Yeah. could we talk about that for a second? Because I was literally just having this conversation yesterday. The idea that sometimes we hit moments that are really, really profound, things that change us. But then we have these following moments and times that are actually very difficult and maybe what we would call, you know, like kind of shadowed. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like we talk about that often. Well, I don't even know how to. If like- we
2: do talk about it, it's this is a spiritual attack that's coming to take away what you just had. Mm just got to fight that move on past it
1: it's like a contradiction to you get a prophetic word i can remember mark and i got a prophetic word like you guys are such a great team and you're going to do ministry together and literally we got in the car and we're like spitting nails at each other Mm because we're fighting over gatorade or something something so stupid and i'm like what i don't even believe that word it's like as soon as there's something prophetic released like the opposite comes in and says i'll show you but I do think, like, at times when we leave those moments, you know, the Holy
0: Spirit begins to work, but there is sometimes, like, such a fight in us or such a contradiction that begins to happen that those moments are normal. They're not you falling away. They're not this is the end of that word or your experience. This is the end of your faith. We like to talk about that retreat. We like to talk that mountaintop moment. We love to talk about that prophetic word, but, like, there are these after effects which are probably
2: just an opportunity to use what you just learned, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But I don't always take oh, yeah. it that way.
1: <laughs> I used no. to sometimes have the thought like when you talk about spiritual warfare, I don't want to put myself out there. I felt like every time I put myself out there, I just would get attacked. And I'm like, I, I'm just going to stay home with my party of five and mind my own business because I don't like all this. You know, I had a friend that challenged me on that. And she's like, don't you think if God's using you, he's going to protect you. And I'm like, that's a good point. It was making me be like, it's not worth it. I don't want to do this and then be attacked my whole life. And so I'm just like, I'll mind my own business.
0: And sometimes I feel like even if it's not a spiritual attack, sometimes just the growth of it or the learning of it or the stretching of yourself in it sometimes is the worst feeling. We can say that about spiritual attacks, but also just like the discipleship process, you know, being a disciple of Jesus and continually being like, smush that, crush that, that's got to (laughs) go. It's just like, oh, this is so painful. What was the highlight?
2: Well, it was just a great trip. Basically, it was a road trip with my dog. First time I've done anything like that, away from home for a couple of weeks, almost. Um, I went out to see a friend of mine. We were really good friends in college, and I hadn't visited him or his family for several years and so i went out to visit he has started a ministry doing these prayer retreats and spiritual direction retreats up in the mountains in colorado part of my trip was that i went and did one of the retreats which was a really interesting experience you know it's a prayer retreat so i i kind of went into it with my list of these are the things i'm going to pray about 10 or 12 year job we've had as wrapping up and coming to an end. And so where does someone in their mid 40s go in a completely new direction? Or, you know, where are we going to go as a family after that? And some, you know, some stuff like that. I expected to have this really great time in the mountains, hiking around and praying and on mountaintops. When I got there, the first exercise we did as a group was called contemplative prayer, which is a a more traditional form of prayer that I wasn't really familiar with, but it's essentially just being still and quiet and focusing your mind on just being with Jesus. Just existing with him in the same space, not really saying anything, just existing in the presence of Jesus. That was the first thing we did. For me, it was ended up being the last thing we that I did because from that session on, I didn't have a sing, I was not able to find a single word to pray the entire weekend started writing prayers in a book kind of in letter form I'd started doing that a while before I went out there and even that I got like a sentence and a half in and there was just nothing to write and so for me that was frustrating but it was also after struggling with it for a you know a day and a half or something where I'm literally on the top of a mountain in a hammock and can't think of anything to pray realizing that the whole point of this is to exist with Jesus you don't have to say anything. That was good and bad, you know, it was a good lesson to learn. At the same time, none of the things I was gonna pray about and try to find an answer for, (laughs) you know, I was able to pray about those. So I came home with no answers to anything, just a conviction that I needed to, to learn to spend presence time with Jesus. So that was, it was good, not at all what I expected.
1: Sometimes our expectations get us into trouble.
2: You go to a prayer retreat, you you expect to pray a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Although sometimes I think God may have known that you just needed to be with him and not perform. You know, I can remember when I was a kid listening to these moody Bible radio stations and they're saying, if you don't say, dear heavenly father, God won't hear your prayers or something like that. To that extent, it's like, oh my goodness. Then I was like, dear Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Trinity. <laughs> Covering all my bases because all these 10 ways how to pray and 10 ways how to do this. And sometimes we just need to let all that go. Be like, Jesus, help me.
2: And that was a lot of that 80s and 90s Christianity and <laughs> stuff like that.
1: <laughs> Did you get a sense of peace when you were there? Or were you kind of agitated because you're like, I can't find words?
2: Well, I was agitated for the first first day or so you know it kind of took me a while the first day and a half i'm like what is this like am i just being lazy you know what's going on am i not participating i finally came to the realization of what was going on i was able to kind of go with it and Mm -hmm. you know and it's not the experience everyone else had that was the interesting thing i shared it at the end with everyone else and they all had completely different experiences and that was that was great but it was kind of a hard thing
1: (laughs) so you came home from that it was a good experience for you Mm -hmm. And you came home and you said you feel like you fell into a dark hole.
2: Yeah, I've always felt like I was kind of spiritually bipolar. Maybe that's something a lot of us go through. I don't <laughs> Maybe <know>. that's everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, and before that trip, I was kind of riding pretty high. And part of it was because for the first time in 10 years, I didn't have the stress of a job. Which, it's really stupid how much that job affected everything that we did. It was very high stress and it was it paid well but it was it was high stress and it was very consuming like it, it consumed most of those 10 years i don't remember a lot of them you know that was offset by never having to worry about what the checking account looked like because that wasn't a, a stress but we were kind of coming off that so the stress was finally gone and you know it's easy to ride spiritually high when there's not a lot of other things to stress about. Mm. And I was in a spot where I was kind of feeling like that trip was going to be kind of the culmination of it. Like I was going to figure out on that trip, figure out what the next steps were going to be. And so I was excited about that. And then coming home, realizing I didn't get an answer for the job situation. I didn't get an answer for these other questions that I really needed an answer for. It's easy to put me in a dark spot anyway. It's just my personality. So it was kind of easy just to fall into that when I got back.
1: (laughs) So speaking of what's next, tell us what lights you up?
2: (laughs) That's the real question I didn't want to answer. (laughs) I'm just not a super excitable person.
1: (laughs) have a little flame flickering.
2: I feel like there's a few things I like enjoy but
1: what would you love to do even if you weren't getting paid for it
2: that's been the question I've been trying to figure out my whole <laughs> life I have some things I really enjoy I'm not great at just pursuing something like that but I really enjoy learning new things so it's kind of dangerous when I get a, an idea about a new interest or hobby because I tend to
0: go uh, all I tend in. to sell you it all and all go
2: all <laughs> in yeah <laughs> to the detriment that's why he of,
0: and Chris get along sounds so like somebody else we know my
2: family <laughs> Which almost inevitably ends up me trying to turn it into a business once I learn enough about it, which generally never works. So,
1: when you were little, what did you dream about? Was it the going
2: into the family business? I had a lot, I like, I had a pretty vivid like fantasy life in my head when I was a kid, just always like imagining myself in stories and scenarios. None hmm. of them would have been practical. It wasn't like someday I'm gonna I'm gonna be a jeweler and I'm gonna be rich and powerful and sell people diamond rings <laughs> like it wasn't <laughs> stuff like that. It was
0: you were like Lord of the Rings type. Yeah. And other.
2: Yeah. But I, I used to lay in bed at night and probably for years I would have some kind of story that I would play out as I was going to sleep in my head, huh. and the story continued like it wasn't the it was the same story that would just. Progress a little every night as I was going to sleep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> kind of like daydreaming. That's amazing. Yeah. So what were you doing?
2: It was all like saving the world kind of stuff, mm. you know, like being the, the hero. Oh,
1: heroes. Probably what, I that.
2: 10-year-old boy stuff, Remember mm-hmm. that would be. I was going
0: to say, it's very 10-year-old boy, for yeah. sure.
2: You know, we're all told you're going to be someone great. You're going to do something. You're going to change the world. I assume we all are told that, and I assume we all believe it at some point. But
0: I thought that that was so profound. Chris said that a couple of weeks ago during a sermon. He was just commenting that one of the things that bothers him sometimes so much is that we say to our youth, you're going to be world changer. And the idea that like, that's not necessarily bad because I'm sure encourages dreaming and inspiration, but also the idea that it has to be big or it has to be, you know, on this scale that's bigger than what sometimes your life feels like. Chris was saying It feels like you're pushing for people to have to, like you're saying, you know, like for Rob, you're like, you don't have to produce, you don't have to do this. But like, when we say that to people, it kind of is inherently like, you're going to produce things, you're going to do something big enough where you change more than just your life, but the
1: I kind of have a different perspective on that phrase because I I think, I mean, maybe not the world, but your world. You know, like God put you into a sphere of influence. He puts you into a family. He puts you into community. And if you're not there and you don't show up and you don't sow your talents, that community, that family just goes without because there's no other Rob Osborne. And so I kind of view that as not that you're on the national news or world news, but you're impacting the the place, the spot that God put you in. He plopped us in that family. He plopped us in this community. And I think there's a purpose for that. But you're right. I think sometimes in our heads we think it has to be grand and big and but sometimes it's just being encouraging to people, sharing your gifts and your talents that God's given you.
2: Yeah. So that's how I would interpret it now. At the time, you know, as a kid, especially in eighties and nineties culture, it was not interpreted you know, it was interpreted as you know, something being big and grand. And for me, as someone who is prone to being kind of pessimistic and seeing yourself as a failure anyway, that was just extra pressure, extra pressure, especially when I got a little older and life hadn't gone the way that I thought it should. I wasn't managing my life the way it should, or I realized I'm terrible with money and now we're in trouble. Like all those things, it just piles on. It's taken years for me, and I'm still not there yet, but it's taken years for me to, to realize that lives don't have to be big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and ex- What you do doesn't have to be on the national stage to be a yeah. success.
1: Thank you, yeah.
2: I like to gripe about the American church, I'm going to put that in quotes, air quotes, <laughs> a lot. But I feel like that's something that is kind of the culmination of American individualism and the way we've done Christianity since this country was founded that leads to that leads to that idea that it's you know it's not enough to live a quiet life take care of your family love them and be happy where you are you know right. there's something that you should be striving for that's much bigger than that
1: That's so good but I think of Mother Teresa that says you want to change the world go home and love your family We should say that more often Yeah
2: kids need to know that they need to know that it's if you don't grow up to be the next prophet or the next great political leader or whatever that that's okay, you haven't failed because these things are they're not as big as we make them out to be in this country. I mean, Jesus was almost not political at all. He avoided right. politics and talked about other things and not to hit on politics. I'm just saying that's a you know an example like some of the things we think are important.
0: Yeah, but I think it's those things that in the pursuit of the the American dream or being independent or being a world changer, in the pursuit of those, we lose track of what you kind of found at your prayer retreat, which is just being present with Jesus, which never feels like you're producing or never feels like you're changing things or never feels like you're being a world changer, you know, when you're just being present with Jesus. Sometimes I think that's why we struggle so much, even just with love. Again, I was having this conversation yesterday where at the end of it all is love. I just feel like we miss that almost immediately, from the moment we wake up, we almost miss it immediately. That it, That is presence and you're loved so deeply. And that's so easy
1: just to, it wisps away.
2: Well, we live in a, in a production-based culture
1: very much so and
2: if you're not trying to produce something for wealth or fame you're trying to produce it just to stay alive i mean you're trying to just stay in your house and and so everything we do in the united states is produce you got to be productive you got to be getting things done it's so easy to move past the the idea that jesus just wants to be with us
1: Mm -hmm. makes me think of a garden flowers growing in a beautiful garden and the gardener looks at each single one and is like, this is so beautiful, but it's temporary. It's here, it's beautiful, and it's gone. It's kind of like our lives. We're a vapor. We're But the beauty that's in our lives, you know, we were made in God's image. I think when we show up and say, I, I'm made in your image, Lord. Help me impact the people that are looking at me, you know, the flower that they're enjoying. I think that that's true. We do live in a production-driven culture and it's really hard to fight that. It's yeah. like you're swimming upstream.
2: Well, and back to your flower analogy, if all our life was was just to be what we were so that God could look at us one time and say, you're beautiful, that flower doesn't have to produce anything for mm-hmm. God to to appreciate it, for it have to have fulfilled its purpose.
1: Yeah. So now that you're the mid-40s Rob, and you're not <laughs> dreaming about saving the world, slaying dragons oh, and I stuff. Oh, s- I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> in your heart,
2: what's in your heart right now? The season we're in is kind of a season of just endurance. <laughs> we're trying to keep the bills paid and keep a daughter at school, and so it's an interesting, uncomfortable season for us, just because it's such. It was such a radical change. You know, I hate to keep talking about the job, but it was such a radical change moving from that to to where we are now. In this, hopefully, a transition. I hope we don't have to stay here. But I'm also trying to reconcile myself with. the fact that we might have to stay. We might have to learn how to live this way. I still dream about moving to something better and doing something better, but I'm also trying to learn that living where we are might be okay too. I do a lot of preaching to myself, trying to convince myself of things.
1: (laughs) Talk to us about your photography interest.
2: Yeah, that's something that kind of sprung up over the last few years, thanks to Chris mostly, but
1: they go back and forth between their hobbies.
0: He's got his, they go there. We do.
2: I circle through hobbies kind of in a, a spiral, I guess. <laughs> back to what lights me up. If there's one thing about photography that lights me up, it's watching a mom see a picture, a really great picture of her kids or seeing someone see a picture of someone they love, capturing a moment that surprises them or that they really love. That's an amazing thing. And I love taking those pictures that people are gonna see and just be like, oh, that's a great picture. I love capturing like a little bit of humanity in in people's faces. As a hobby, I experimented with it a lot, but as I've gotten a little better at it, I tend to try to find those moments. They're what make me happy, like, Mm. you know, a candid photo of someone usually who doesn't know the cameras there. Just catching a moment of life is really cool.
1: I think introverts make the most wonderful photographers (laughs) because they're they're always sitting back and observing and they're catching details that extroverted people are too busy (laughs) and they miss. And to see a perspective from an introvert that's capturing these things, you're like, that's amazing. I didn't even know that happened. I missed that. It's a great thing. I think it helps you, too, when you're at parties to have a camera. <laughs> 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 and you can kind of just blend in and be behind the scenes. And little, But I, you're playing a part. But you know, I've learned playing.
2: there are a few people that no matter where you are, they know where the camera is. <laughs> yeah. There are some people you never catch a candid shot of. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it a lot right now.
1: So talk to us about how you're letting your light shine right now in the midst of all this transition
2: this is another one I struggled with cuz You didn't was, like
1: any of my questions. I don't like probably. them. I've been
2: I've been totally upfront about that ever since the beginning. I, I choose I told not to you, be I told you a long <laughs> time ago if we did a topical podcast, I'd be happy to come here and talk. I can Ooh. talk and talk and talk and talk.
1: So we I can have them I a don't, I don't
2: want to talk about me though.
1: I told them they need to know you first, so suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> oh, and then come back for the topical. Yeah. Oh, I like Anyhow.
2: Good, Anyhow. Good. I I don't have a good answer for this one. And anyone with my personality probably doesn't because I, I like to say that this is directly contrary to Matthew, whatever, where Jesus is like, Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So it feels <laughs> just completely wrong to talk about this. I don't know. Right now I think I would say my light's not shining very bright, but but I'm trying to take care of my family and
1: Which is the most important thing after loving God, as we just discussed.
2: But you know, Production-based culture, it doesn't seem like very much, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a great answer for this one.
0: I thought Siri was going to answer for you. Well, She's that's gone. why I
2: took my watch off. <laughs> so then we should fill in the blanks? I just don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> I'll go.
1: Sob, <Stop>, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> <How we're up.
2: laughs> Becky Osborne, my aunt, who was on many, many episodes ago, she said that this is a question. She thought this was a question that shouldn't be answered by the actual person, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just... Well, that's the other reason that I didn't want to be on here, because like there's been like 25 different Osbournes on this podcast We're already. We love the
1: Osbournes. Yes. Yeah, but
2: like 33% of the episodes so far have been Osbournes.
1: <laughs> they're all amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, which they are. Have you noticed that they're all a humble and self-deprecating cr- crowd? Self-deprecation runs deep in our family. But at the same time, like, have you noticed that they're all phenomenal people? So Rob, like the rest of the Osborns, he lets his light shine very brightly. I know that he would say, oh, it's a quiet light. It's a tiny light or whatever small light we're trying to describe, but... No, he does. He is so present and wonderful to his family. His family loves and adores him. I feel like he is, even in the last couple of years, has come in and just become like a very foundational member of like the worship team. He is talented. He offers such depth and insight. Like anytime we're talking or we're in prayer, I feel like people are always like, wow, that's a great thought. I just feel like there's so much depth. I feel like you can get into some great conversations with Rob as well as so many Osborns. They are, I don't know, there's such groundedness to their lives. And Rob's in our small group. There is such wisdom and insight in conversation with Rob. That oftentimes, maybe because he's an introvert or because, I don't know, maybe you've never had a long conversation with Rob. But there's a lot to be learned from Rob. Letting his light shine.
2: That's good. We can move on. I
0: heard some prophetic stuff from Clem not too long ago. Clem was talking about him speaking into the lives of some younger men. I don't want to hear (laughs) those. Anyways. He's got a phenomenal light. Sometimes it takes some time to get to know people in order to experience that light. Do you know what I mean? So if you're listening, (laughs) get to know Rob. There's wonderful and amazing bright light in him. Speaking
1: of Clem's word, what is it that you have to pour into
2: men's lives? I don't feel like I have anything to pour into people's lives. Other than just being, you know, being friends, which I enjoy that. That's one reason I, I started playing golf and I like golf is because it's a time to hang out, just hang out and be friends, you know, without an agenda, without anything else. It's a good way to sneak past things that would, especially for an introvert, it's a good way to to get past the things that would keep you from hanging out with people. But at the same time, I really like playing by myself too. So <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to beat the course. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to play much this year, but it's fun.
0: Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Season 4, question 4. Oh, I know you have some good ones too. I'm excited about this. So tell me about a supernatural experience that you've had that you'd like to share with us.
2: What are you thinking of? Ooh. <laughs> are we uh, talking dreams? Things, dream yeah. stuff? Is that what we're talking about?
0: Can I about? share the one about or not I share. Can you share the one about Jenna?
2: Jenna, know. do you want me to share this one? She didn't want you to? I don't know.
0: I felt like that was a, a very cool experience.
2: I haven't had like big spiritual experiences, but I, I have weird dreams. So I hesitate to even call them (laughs) supernatural because...
0: I think Rob has prophetic dreams.
2: So many of them are strange and weird. But I had an interesting dream about Jenna a while back that I ended up sharing with her, and she felt like it was something that spoke to her situation. and, And I feel like that happens every once in a while. Every once in a while, I wake up with something that I feel is profound, and I'll try to share it with people.
0: Okay, more specifically, Jenna was in a moment in her life where she was kind of at a crossroads and it was a difficult time. She did not have a job at the moment. She was trying to decide what to do. And not that it was complete panic, but I think it was a very frustrating couple of months for her because she did not feel led in a specific direction. She'd spent a ton of time in prayer and she was really seeking out what to do. And oh my gosh, okay, if this is not a plug for community, be in community, have your people. So she's in this moment, and Rob has this dream.
2: Yeah, essentially, the dream was that we were searching, searching for a birdhouse that was on the ground and hidden in the tall grass, which is not where a birdhouse is supposed to be. Mm. But we were a bunch of people were walking in a field trying to find the birdhouse because it was supposed to be up on this pole, up on a post where it could be seen, not hiding down in the grass. But I knew that the birdhouse, the birdhouse had a name, and its name was Jenna. I knew that she was going through some things and it felt like with her personality, she might have a tendency to try to hide from it, hide in the grass. And I just felt like the idea of the dream was that Jenna was not supposed to be hiding. She was supposed to be out where people could see her, not afraid to step out into the open.
0: That's so good. All of those had connection to like the jobs that she was looking at, the jobs that she was seeking. So Rob actually went to her with this dream.
2: Yeah, her response was basically, thanks. I was told when I was a kid that the name Jenna means little bird. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you, that was you profound s- for her. Yeah,
1: you said something that I want to draw attention to. We ask this, que- I think one of the reasons why we ask this question about supernatural experiences and try to draw that out of people is because some people are like, oh, a supernatural experience is like I got struck by lightning or something that's, profound and you're manifesting or you're it's like the heavens open and the angels come down and say oh Mm -hmm. that doesn't always happen even though God is moving supernaturally in our lives and I want to train people to be looking for the supernatural in the mundane in community and just how you can have an impact on someone else's life allowing people to speak into your life that's beautiful to me and it's I've never had The heavens part open and God call my name and I heard his audible voice. But I've had interactions and things that have happened where the world might call them coincidences. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You know, that's profound. And so we ask that question on here to get people to start thinking like, oh, yeah, I've had dreams. Oh, yeah, I've. I've got something dropped into my spirit, like don't do that or don't leave your purse on the back of the toilet. You're going to forget it. (laughs) Forget who was telling us that. (laughs) Our perception of supernatural, I always think of it this way. It's our natural. It's just natural, normal, but God comes along and is in it. And that's what makes it super.
2: I think that happens a lot. And I try to notice as much as possible. You know, I mean, I've had multiple times in life where I have noticed an accident that I avoided or that, that was prevented from happening. I have one specific that I remember where I was sitting at an intersection and I was supposed to turn left. And I had my turn signal on. For some reason, I didn't move when I should have or something. The car across the street, I could tell he was kind of mad because he was going to turn right and I was going to... And I was looking down probably at my phone or something and realized the light had changed and I hadn't moved. And he honked because I wasn't moving. And then all of a sudden, a car came through the intersection at like 80 miles an hour. If I had done what I should have, the guy across the street would have pulled out and would have been hit. It was just very obvious. So I try to notice moments like that where something went wrong and something didn't happen. And I know that I was a little kid who ran around in the woods with axes and tomahawks and machetes and stuff as a kid. So there was all kinds of times where I'm <laughs> sure I should have been hurt worse than I was. And
1: it makes me think of the verse, you know, there's ministering angels all around you.
2: Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and we just,
1: sometimes we don't even stop to think about it or to acknowledge like, whoa, yeah. that could have been a close one.
2: Even in our culture, it's, it's easy to say, man, that was lucky. That's yeah. a default yeah. thing yeah. to say. There are times where no it's more than that.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Who says there are no coincidences?
1: Isn't it a coincidence that when you pray, things <laughs> happen? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I was praying about that. <laughs> well, see, this wasn't too bad. I guess not. It's fine.
0: I mean, the pumpkin spice latte was not, but oh, everything else was great.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Rob, we really appreciate you coming to yes, the studio and you. kicking off our first guest as... Season four, we uh, Are you get to be part of our new music. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. What is it this year? <laughs> good, I love it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, I interrupted. I'm just so excited for that. And new I just music. want to tell people out there listening you know, if you were like, I don't have anything to say, I don't, my light doesn't shine. I don't, everybody has the story, and I love when people come on here and they're willing to share part of their story with us because it just makes us all feel human and like oh it's okay if I'm not a producer it's okay if I'm struggling it's okay if I don't have everything together it's all by the grace of God well this is definitely the light version
2: of my story so
1: oh yeah but that's gonna be next time I was gonna say you come back for the topics yeah make sure you tune in next time for another special guest (gasps) Bye. bye